The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Happy New Year, everyone, and praise the Lord. I'm here, Pastor Bilhan Jr., and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KB TV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose, and from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9, in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, and from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Kali for 99 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum, on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, since wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir under the direction of Assistant Choir Director Rose Bahaku Carter will sing for you an all-time favorite Jewish song titled Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim, featuring Sally Spotkaff playing the flute. The title of this song, when interpreted, can be found in Psalms 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. 
And here in the Apostolic Faith Church, we do pray daily for the peace of God's beloved Jerusalem. And now we call upon our church band under my direction to play the enlightening rendition entitled, Open Thy Eyes, Thy Glory Beholding. (laughs) 
Coming up next will be our Solus Associate Pastor, Timothy Hahn Sr., with that uplifting and spirited number, Let There Be Praise. Yes, saints and friends, sing to our Lord Jesus Christ with praises and thanksgiving for all He has done, doing, and going to do. Fill your hearts with joy and proclaim to all the earth that Jesus Christ, He is King. For the final number, the church choir will sing that inspiring number of praises to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ entitled, How I Praise You. Please join in and sing along with our choir using the words provided for you on our television screen.
we are blessed to have members of the string section of the band perform the spirit-inspiring song, God So Loved the World. Yes, TV viewers, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He paid the price on the cross of Calvary so that we all would have the promise of eternal life and to be with Him in paradise.
Our vocal duet today is Associate Pastor Marvin Abing and Sherilyn Abing. With blended voices, they will sing the song entitled, It's Not an Easy Road. This number is dedicated to a faithful sister in Christ, Mrs. Beatrice Jardine. May the Lord continue to bless and strengthen you in your daily walk with Jesus. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and would like to repeat our television time station and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. 
from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTV, TATV channel 15.3, and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning a schedule of gospel services here in the home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Wednesday evenings only at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches, as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanero Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Kaloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Esparo in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Esparo in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mininao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You're welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to spot these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program to head pastor Billy Hahn Jr. who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Our practicing Christian pays careful attention to those gospel details which are necessary in his daily life if he expects to be part of the rapture when Jesus returns in clouds of glory for his very own. I am certain, television viewers, that if you are like me, you do not want to be left behind. You do not want to be counted among the multitudes who will fail to acquire their salvation through the simple act of water baptism in the name of Jesus. Therefore, it would be a great gain spiritually if you took this time to partake in the reading of God's Word during the presentation of my sermon, which I have entitled, The Rapture and the Bride of Christ. The next greatest event that is anticipated by the body of Christ will be that of being caught up and escaping the unparalleled pain and suffering of the tribulation period. Let's read in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's first epistle to the church of the Thessalonians served threefold. First, it was to establish and reconfirm through the young congregation the fundamental truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Secondly, his epistle would serve as an exhortation to embrace the promises and the holiness of the Lord Jesus. Thirdly, it was meant to provide comfort concerning those who died in the Lord and of the second coming of Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. What an example of God's wrath? God demonstrated His wrath when He expelled Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden and depriving them of eternal life. They suffered His wrath. 
because of disobedience. The wrath of God brought down man's aspirations to conquer heaven with the fall of the Tower of Babel, the great deluge of Noah's generation that destroyed all life with the exception of those whom God set aside because of repentance tells us that there is an end to the long suffering of God. The significance of the earth opening and swallowing Dathan, Abram, and Korah demonstrates that God will not accept gainsayers and those who adamantly oppose his anointed servants. Although the level of punishment was severe in nature, the tragedy and catastrophic events of the tribulation period are unexampled. Because of the obedience and repentance, Jesus has promised all believers that he will deliver the bride of Christ from the judgments to come. Are we to assume that the entire body of Christ will be raptured? The answer is no. The rapture takes place prior to the beginning of the tribulation period. One members of the body of Christ will be fortunate enough to reap and their redemption from this earth will be determined by their level of faith and the decisions they make while serving the Lord upon this earth. The fact of the matter is that there is a difference between the body of Christ and that of the bride of Christ. The body of Christ are those who make up his church while it is still upon the earth. Over the years, they will number in the tens of thousands. During the course of preaching the good news, many souls will be converted and take on the name of Jesus in water baptism, be filled with the Holy Ghost, and receive gifts of the Holy Spirit. However, to receive the promise of eternal life, each member must complete the course set before them, embrace the promises, and be living a life above sin until Jesus comes again. He said to his disciples, He that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. It is our prayer that all who have made their peace and repentance will cherish and appreciate the sacrifice made for sin and never allow their faith to deteriorate. To be the bride, one must remain inspired of the promises and the kingdom of God until Jesus comes. No matter the circumstances, what can separate us from the love of Christ? With a sword? Famine, persecutions, nakedness, peril, distress, or tribulation cause us to lose faith in Him? I pray not. We remain motivated by the comforting words of Paul as we read in Romans 8, 38-39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul spoke prophetically regarding the last days that many of the saved would depart from the faith. The primary reason for their departure would be attributed to their inability to denounce their affections for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Let us read in 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. One of the fundamental principles Jesus made clear to the disciples was this, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. The word of God, when preached properly in the strength of the Holy Ghost, will proceed like a two-edged sword. Having a dual purpose, the word has the capabilities 
to pierce through the thickest of armor and penetrate the vital parts of the spiritual body. When it penetrates, it wounds. But when the Word of God has done its perfect work, it heals and is withdrawn. The signs are evident when one's faith is in deterioration. What is most obvious is the absence of righteousness. There is frustration with serving the Lord because there exists a great desire for the world. Prayer becomes a burden and attending worship services are no longer seen as of great importance. One begins to fail in tithes and fuel offerings. No longer is there an attitude to further the gospel. Instead of enjoying the word of God, it is seen as a prodding tool that cannot be dealt with because the conviction is too great. To combat the conviction of the word, people resort to gainsaying and ridicule. They are ashamed of the gospel, not because of their apparel is sedu seductive and revealing, but because it is conservative. They are concerned how the world will access their lifestyles and therefore prefer to change their appearance to that which is prevalent in the world. Being ashamed of the glory of the Holy Spirit revealed through righteousness, they covered it with cosmetics. They have forgotten that in the end, we shall see Jesus as he really is, beholding all his glory, and we will be like him. Many are under the impression that once they die physically, that is the end of everything for them. However, according to the scriptures, everyone born into this world will be resurrected and judged and be subject to the second death. Here is a familiar saying, born once, die twice. Whereas if you are born twice, you die once. Many fail to realize that God speaks with simplicity. The final words of Moses were as such. In the spirit of the Lord, Moses said, there is death and life, good and evil, blessing and cursing. Choose life. According the scripture, accordingly, the scripture tells us that there is eternal life in the kingdom of God with all of his saints. Then there is death or an eternal separation, which is a life in darkness with eternal suffering where physical death will be sought, but will not be found. It is a place the prophets describe as where the worm dieth not. To return to and read Mark 1, 14 and 15. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. When Jesus spoke these words, he was justifying his purpose and reason for bringing the gospel. In Jesus, the prophecies were being fulfilled, and it was a time for the gospel to be preached. John the Baptist was put in prison and beheaded for righteousness' sake, such that his ministry of repentance would come to an end. It was in God's plan to be as such, so as to allow Jesus to have the only gospel that men should adhere to. Jesus also removed the barrier that stood between God and man because he had the power to remove and forgive sin. Let us read in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Water baptism became essential to the saving of the soul because Jesus said it was necessary. The example was given when Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan by his cousin John. When Jesus approached the banks of the river Jordan, John fixed his eyes upon Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. When Jesus entered the waters of Jordan, these words were spoken to John, Suffer to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Water baptism resembles the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Through this simple and humble operation, a new creature in Christ is evolved. The creature has been spiritually born again. In my personal opinion, 
Many pastors and evangelists are not preaching and excising the truth, thus leaving many souls unsaved. It is a very bold statement for me to make, but it is one that is necessary. I have observed many evangelists that are very charismatic, charismatic and very inspiring. They motivate people to come to Jesus. However, I have yet to hear anyone preach the gospel Jesus preached. Thus, in reality, as many hands that have been raised and as many hearts that have been touched, these living souls have yet to hear the good news and have their sins removed. Let us read in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This scripture cites the answer given by Peter to a crowd of onlookers that stood in awe. They witnessed a phenomenal event that occurred on the day of Pentecost. What they saw and was heard was the power of God. Seeing and witnessing this marvelous event, they cried out to Peter, What shall we do to be saved? Repentance is God a sorrowful sin. Subjecting yourselves, television viewers, to water baptism is an act of faith that says you are willing to make the change. Accordingly, Jesus blesses his people with the Holy Ghost as evidence by speaking in an unknown tongue. This is the fullness of the gospel, being water washed and spirit filled. Doing so, you are complete in him. Let us read in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Yes, a name is revealed such that we can establish an intimate relationship with the Lord. Jesus came with a name that he inherited. His name was above every other name, whether it was found in heaven or upon the earth. Jesus brought a message that intrigued even the angels in heaven. Yes, he humbled himself and took the form of a man. He subjected himself to the perils of life, but did not commit sin. He overcame every test that would plague mankind, so as to encourage them to place their trust in him, because in him is the impossible made possible. The end of this dispensation of grace is quickly approaching. Jesus is the only answer regarding the saving of the soul. Conscientious living, law-abiding citizens, or being community-minded are insufficient for salvation. The saving of the soul cannot be achieved by works. Salvation will only be achieved by keeping God's commandments. Jesus tells us, if you love me, keep my commandments. Let us read in 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 3. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that he be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. We are warned through the scriptures that we should not be easily persuaded, deceived, or confused about the coming of the Lord. Paul warned the Thessalonians of erroneous interpretation of the promises of God given by men who are not inspired by the Holy Ghost.
Today, false Christ, prophecies, and teachings continue to exist. The events are clear. A falling away from the truth will precede the rapture, and the rapture must take place before the son of perdition is revealed. Paul tells us, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way. Jesus is in control. Nothing happens in heaven or upon this earth without his knowledge and permission. Some people think the devil has free course in this world. However, the devil can only do what the Lord allows him to do. In the last days, the bride of Christ must be taken out of the way. In other words, raptured. Then and only then can the tribulation period begin and the son of perdition eventually revealed to this world. The he who is referred to as the one who gives permission is Jesus. The second he refers to Jesus again in the form of the Holy Ghost. His spirit is raptured when the saints are called home because the Holy Ghost dwells within his people. When John the Beloved was caught up in the spirit and the mysteries of the future events were revealed to him, the Lord Jesus called him by saying, come up hither. Those same words will be used when the trump of God sounds. The Bible tells us that the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall they all ever be with the Lord. The significance of ascending into heaven under those circumstances is that the change the bride of Christ will experience will be for eternity. Where natural death has separated spirit, soul, and body, it will be through the quickening spirit of the Lord that the spirit, soul, and body will be reunited to be with the Lord forever. Those who are fortunate to be alive in the days when the rapture takes place will suffer a change as they are being translated from earth into the kingdom of God. We are told that flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God, but we all shall be changed. Paul emphatically spoke of the rapture of the bride of Christ as it was going to happen as he was speaking. Jesus on the same accord spoke to his disciples in a prophetic manner as well. Let us read in Matthew 16, 28. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The reality is that the congregation Jesus was addressing has long since died. The congregation at Thessalonica are dead as well, including Paul. However, the word of God continues to inspire believers that Jesus can come even in this generation. If we are keeping God's commandments today, there is only victory that lies ahead. If we finish the race set before us, we will inherit firsthand mansions on high, streets of gold, a place where sorrow, death, pain, and suffering does not and cannot exist. Those things that cause such depressive states will not be there. There will be so much joy that it will be unspeakable. We will experience a relief from the surmountable oppression from a sinful world such that we will not miss those who are not fortunate to be part of the rapture. Where does the bride of Christ come from? And what special significance do they have? First of all, these saints will number 144,000. 
They will be of the body of Christ and will have been water washed, blood washed, and spirit filled. They will be called from those who have suffered death and are in the grave and I'm from among those who are still standing for truth and righteousness, looking for the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ in clouds of glory. What makes him precious in the eyes of the Lord is that they will not have denied the name of Jesus. Above all others, they will embrace the promises of God and his righteousness because they faced and withstood the perils of unbelief and sin. Let us read in Revelation 3, 8, 10, and 11. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. The key to their victory will be that they upheld the name of Jesus in the most important aspect of the Word of God, which is water baptism. Additionally, by upholding the name of Jesus, they also stand for righteousness and true holiness. The exact number of saints making up the heavenly bride of Christ is mentioned in Revelation. Let us read in Revelations 14, 1 through 5. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung as it were a new song before the throne, and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. The qualities of the heavenly bride of Christ are explained in this scripture. First, they will be seen returning with Jesus at the end of the tribulation period, numbering 144,000. They would have been redeemed from the earth, signifying their being the first fruits unto God. In other words, the first to claim the promise of eternal life. They will be worthy to stand without fault before the throne because they were cleansed by the name and the blood of Jesus. Let us read in Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. When he therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whosoever readeth, let him understand. The Lord has set a course for this world to follow. The souls of this world will have to make decisions regarding the salvation of their souls. The unfortunate part is that the world will choose to sin above living righteously. As it was in the days of Noah, similar sinful conditions will exist and much more. The ninth generation from Noah 
was deserving of destruction. This world will be worthy of destruction because of the evil within. Abomination means a perfect hatred for sin. Desolation means uninhabitable and deserted. When Jesus looks down from heaven, sin will be rampant and likened to the days of Noah. God's house will have been polluted and desecrated. Pastors and priests will be failing in upholding the bloodstained banner. There will be no difference between good and evil, righteousness and unrighteousness. There will be a famine of the Word of God, with the exception of a very few who will have the Word of God written upon the tables of their heart. His righteousness will be rejected, and doing so, they will have rejected His Holy Spirit as well. Accordingly, when the Bride of Christ is raptured, this world will have been found unworthy of His saints, and the world on its own accord will have earned its reward. If you'd like to know more about God's Word and the Church and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. Our church band concludes today's telecast with a jubilant rendition of Everlasting Life is Free.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.